Welcome to uh, Podventure Time. My name's Pat. And I'm Ben. And uh, this is our podcast. Ben, why don't you fill folks in? That tends to be your job. Sure. No problem. Uh, so welcome to Podventure Time, as Pat said. And this is, the, this is the podcast where one friend forces another friend to watch a show he likes and then painstakingly go through it almost second by second in order to force him to like it. I'm the one, who has, I'm the one who's being forced to watch the show. Pat's the one who's being the, uh, the enforcer. But uh, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, he's a huge fan. And the show we're talking about is Adventure Time, the show that you can enjoy on Cartoon Network or your favorite right, streaming and, and Hulu. device. Yeah, Hulu only? Or is, there, is it available elsewhere? Uh, I think Hulu only. Possibly the Cartoon Network app, but I think you have to be a cable subscriber to, to play with that. So, right. Uh, okay. It, it, it's Hulu only if you're a cord cutter like us. Well... Uh, you, I think actually you might be a millennial and I'm not a millennial, so I'm going to go ahead and hold that over your head. Wait, because you're what, 35, 34? 80, so 82. Yeah. 82 is, is frequently the last year that's not millennial. So what and are I, you, Gen X? Of course. Well, see, that's the thing is, is I, <laughs> uh, I disclaim all millennial blood, but I, I also am not exactly John Cusack or Winona Ryder, so... Uh, I'm not sure exactly where I fit in, but I, it, whenever I read that 1983 is when millennials begin, I get a little, you know, I feel a little self-righteous. Yeah, well, and I've heard, you know, it's 18 to, like I hear millennial, it's a demographic that's usually described as 18 to 34-year-olds, and it's kind of funny to think that, like, 18-year-olds and 34-year-olds are considered to be the same in some way. Yeah, yeah. And, there's a uh, lot of, there's a lot I, of stupid I do think things that... you got to figure out between 18 and 34 that you got to stop doing because you're an idiot. Well, exactly, and there is a lot of technological change that has taken place since we were 18 years old, yeah. and the well, whole thing about millennials is that they grew up in this age of cell phones and whatnot, and yeah. you know, I think we got them in high school maybe, but... College for me, but yeah, I uh, there's another term, Gen Z, that I've heard that refers to uh, perhaps, and I'll probably get, I'm probably getting all this wrong, but I think Gen Z is like you call it like a digital native, like they've never not had the internet kind right, of thing. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, I would say that we are, I'd say we're undefinable. I think that's what we are. We're just, yeah, yeah that's fine. We're unique and just unique little flowers. Um, anywho, let's talk, let's bring our unique perspective to, to talking about adventure time. Uh, the format yeah, of- a show that, that, yeah. Uh, I think it definitely uh, is for millennials, if if not by millennials. I think that the creators are approximately our age, so they, yeah. they may be on the border of, of generations as well. Made by millennials, for millennials, but also for 10-year-olds. Um, and yes. they, we're going to talk about a couple episodes today. That's how we do this. We talk about two episodes of the show per uh, podcast. And we just kind of talk about what happened in the show, what we liked, what we didn't like. Um, you know, it's always part of this larger experiment to see if I actually like turn into a fan of the show in general. Um, but we'll just talk about things that we, that stood out to us in each episode. So, uh, 
I don't. Yeah. I don't have a lot to get. I don't have a lot to uh, of, of more preamble. So you want to jump into the first episode of this this week's ep- this week's podcast? Yeah. So we're looking at uh, season one, episode thirteen and fourteen today. And uh, season one, episode thirteen, the first one that we watched is called "City of Thieves." Ah, uh, yes, the city of thieves. Uh, so as we always do, let's kind of give a broad overview for those who haven't seen the episode. Spoiler alert, we're going to talk about what happened in the episode, but uh, it's always helpful to kind of just ground ourselves there. So I don't know that there's a lot of description required for this episode, but it is essentially Finn and Jake are uh, traveling along a road and they see a, a interesting looking town that they want to explore. They look like it looks like it might be full of adventure, but they are warned by a witch, a tree a tree witch, I would call her. She's a tree that kind of turns into a witch. And, uh, or at least she, uh, she, she is able to camouflage herself against the tree. Right. She's, a, she's able to camouflage herself as different things, of pieces of wood throughout the episode. And uh, she warns them that it is, in fact, the city of thieves and that everyone who lives there is thieves. And anyone who goes to the city will become thieves. Uh, Which yeah. Finn adamantly denies. He uh, yeah. cannot conceive of himself becoming a thief. Right. He does not believe the witch. He does not heed the witch's warning one iota and uh, proceeds on into the city to see what adventure may be, may be there. But before he even gets to the city, he encounters a small child crying on the side of the road. And She's his, very cute and sad. His hero nature, uh, his desire that has been... Uh, shown again and again and again he needs to help anyone in need um it's almost a obsession of his Mm -hmm. he needs to help her and she explains that some thieves from the city have stolen her basket of flowers that she was trying to sell and now she has no flowers and no basket and uh finn decides to take up her cause and go into the city and retrieve her basket this is just the type of quest that finn loves to go on yep so he goes into the city. He immediately sees why they call it the City of Thieves because everyone is stealing everything from everyone at all times. There is no moment where someone isn't stealing something from you or you are stealing something from them. And uh, it is almost too much for Finn to observe because he wants to, he wants to help all of them but realizes quickly that there is actually no one in the city worth helping they are all evil thieves he sort of scampers around the city trying to track various items that have been stolen from one person or another but at a certain point you have to just sort of give it up give up on ownership at all i think uh and that's kind of where where finn gets to he realizes that no one seems to really hold on to anything for very long because everything just gets stolen. And it's actually a pretty funny running gag, I think, how the yeah, I actually, uh, I thought it was clever. And the objects move throughout the city. Yeah, I thought it was a clever way that they kept the, the thievery going. It was, it was a good visual gag. And, uh, but he, uh, we, we, he, he comes to a different conclusion at this point. He decides if they won't stop stealing, he needs to beat the thievery out of everybody. Essentially, right. if, no one, if no one is worth saving, then everyone is worth punishing is kind of the conclusion he comes to. Yeah, and, and he has this real fixation on purity, both his own and uh, finding some way to 
I, in this case, beat the purity uh, into everyone else. It's, yeah. um, it's a real like fanatic and uh, emotional belief that he has in uh, mostly, I think, in his own purity. But then also because he's so pure, he wants to make sure that everyone else is pure as well. That's the hero's role. Yeah. Uh, and this it, this escalates throughout the episode. But to I think I think we can kind of tell a long make a long story short here. Um, essentially, after trying to beat a bunch of thieves up, he realizes that's also going to be really difficult. And the little girl, uh, what's her name? Jenny. Penny. 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 Penny decides. Uh, Penny tells him that um, you know maybe her basket is actually in the the tower of the king of thieves. And that's because that's where all that's where all stolen items tend to end up, I guess, is sort of the legend. So she says, maybe it's maybe it's there. So Finn says, OK, great. Now we've got a real uh, now Finn's got a goal. Let's go to the Tower of the King of Thieves. Um, turns out the Tower of the T- King of Thieves is protected by a magic barrier that no thief can enter. Um, that's no problem for Finn because Finn has not become a thief. Um, but there is a problem for Jake. Jake, right, I, I love this part, actually. Jake has actually uh, succumbed, over the course of the episode, he succumbs to the power of the City of Thieves and steals some sweet red cowboy boots. Yeah, they're kind of the ruby slippers of, of cowboy boots. Yeah, um, he doesn't even realize he's stolen them, um, kind of in denial about it, but it turns out he has, and he's, he's upset about it, but he's also kind of happy he's got some sweet boots. Uh, but but long, but that means he can't go into the tower because the bad, the magic barrier will keep him out. Um, and Penny Penny tells us that she is too frightened to go into the tower, so yeah. Finn's going to have to do it alone. So he does. He goes into the tower, climbs up to the window, top window, slides down a rope into the chamber of the King of Thieves. We actually find out that the King of Thieves has long since been dead. It's just a skeleton. Um, but um, there's a chest that Finn has been told that it contains the, uh, the basket of flowers. So he takes the chest, uh, big wooden, you know, pirate-style chest, takes it out of the King of Thieves' tower, gives it to Penny, and then Penny reveals her true nature, which I think everyone who's watched the episode probably saw coming a mile away. Uh, I think so. Penny is actually a thief, and she has been duping Finn this whole time into getting the chest for her, and uh, in the process has made Finn a thief because he has stolen the chest from the tower and it turns out to be full of like rubies and gems which Penny is super into but it causes essentially a psychotic breakdown in Finn. Yeah, Finn has a real crisis over having become a thief. Uh Penny uses his own purity against him and then robs him of it. I think it's kind of a double whammy for Finn and uh he he decides that you know what he he kind of has this one zero version of of morality where you're either pure or you're a thief and there's no in between and so uh he he's become a thief and he tells Jake not to talk to him and uh you know he he basically does sort of a Anakin Skywalker becoming Darth Vader where he embraces the dark nature of, of yeah. being a oh, thief he, now yeah he just goes nuts he just decides if i can't be pure then i am going to go full darkness and decides to go on a, a revenge plot, a revenge quest against Penny. And he turns into a very dark version of himself. 
and but effective. But effective, still, still effective. But and he tracks down Penny, and confronts her, and then ends up not beating her up, but he she does get she does get a pop or two landed on her um, because she tries to attack him in in retaliation. Yeah, she pulls a knife. Yeah, she's pulling a knife on him, and so in retaliation, he I think Jake throws those boots at her. Bops are one or two. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, and then, uh, but what he ends up doing, what Finn and Jake end up doing, is scrubbing her clean with soap. And it's an act of, it's a you know a metaphorical and literal act of purification. Yes, a cleansing. And and makes her completely pure. In the process, makes them Finn and Jake also pure. They also get cleaned up in the suds. And so, Everybody is sparkly and shiny and clean and new. Yep, they all regain their purity. Uh, Penny quickly uh, abandons hers and becomes a thief again, uh, stealing Finn's clothes right off of him. But Finn and Jake, yeah, she, uh, yeah, Finn, she she pretends to be reformed and uh, gives Finn a big hug and then scampers off with all of his clothes. Yeah, Finn and Jake though uh, are happy to have their purity back and. Quickly exit from the city of thieves, having uh, had a short but memorable memorable adventure there. Yeah, and uh, they they leave feeling good about themselves, which uh, wasn't always going to happen, I don't think. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm gonna say I I I wasn't a huge fan of this episode. Like I I see what the point of it was. I think it was. I think it was, you know, it it made a very heavy-handed um it was a very heavy-handed way of telling us exactly how much Finn cherishes his status as a hero basically. It's kind of what Yeah. I I think it also um and and I'm I'm more or less with you, you know, it's not one of my favorite episodes. Uh I do I did like it. Um and I think not only do we see how seriously finn takes his his hero status and his purity but uh i think we also really learn that there's no such thing as purity yeah sure i i agree i mean i don't know that finn learns that lesson i think we might as an audience learn that lesson i think finn kind of regains his purity and then sort of goes back into denial that like he was ever unpure impure yeah i think that's kind of a coping mechanism i you know i always wonder actually a lot of these episodes finn and jake sort of revert back to the characters that they were when they walked into the episode Mm -hmm. um and they don't seem to have learned their lesson we'll see that at the end of the next episode certainly uh but i always think that they probably are taking a little piece of it with them anyway we'll see we'll see going forward it made me actually want to talk about though uh you know what because i i while i I thought the I thought this episode was was not that great. Sounds like you thought it was okay, but not not the best. Yeah. What, what do you think? I wanted to ask you what in your mind is an ideal Adventure Time episode? Like, what do you like to have happen? What's a really good episode? I think um, so. I like good gags. Um, you know, every every solid episode of Adventure Time has at least you know two or three laugh out loud moments. I think. Um, I also really like, and this is maybe why I'm a little more high on this episode than you are. I like it when Finn has sort of a, a moral dilemma or some kind of real mental struggle that he has to overcome. Um, and, uh, I also, 
and and I like it when Finn shows strong emotions. Um, you know, so far we've seen him really have strong emotions when Jake is threatened and mm-hmm. uh and he very very emotionally cares about being a hero. Uh and further on down the road we'll see him start to have feelings about um other things and uh that when I think of like a great adventure time episode uh I think of Finn having overcoming some kind of emotional struggle i think and usually at least we learn something about finn if he doesn't learn something about himself um usually the lessons are a little less heavy-handed i think than than this one is um finn finn has more insightful moments than realizing that he has become impure mm-hmm. um he he has more complex realizations than that one okay that's fair i think for me um i was because i've been thinking about it too i have i certainly have watched less episodes but i i i've now i've now realized that i definitely have episodes i like and episodes i don't like so i started thinking about which which ones what makes up the ones i like and for me i i don't know that it's as centered around finn as it might be for you and i don't know if that bodes well or bodes poorly for going forward if i'm not like super identifying with finn at this point but I really like the episodes that are where the comedy's rooted in um, sort of the development of the relationship between Finn and Jake in yep. like and, and where there's a clear where they've clearly rooted it in in a real kind of relationship building thing, not a contrived cartoon relationship building. But I, and I would give the examples of um, the, uh, where. The, uh, the the reading lady rainicorn episode where yes. that's really built that was rooted in a real emotion of of like jealousy and and dealing with romantic and platonic friendship and how to how to balance those that's a real thing in the real world um and i i think i think i don't respond as well when it becomes when they when they uh when they go full whole hog into the the hero trope and they go right. and they just like rely on something like this where it just becomes a super caricaturized morality tale or or morality play or Aesop fable in in a sort of way. Yeah, yeah. And there's, you know, I, I don't think that there's any episode of Adventure Time where there's not some type of, you know, adventure or, or you know, physical daring do. Uh, but there are more and less meaningful uh, instances of of Finn, you know, being an adventurer and conquering things. Mm-hmm. He can either, uh, you know, sort of, you know, I, I thought it was interesting in this episode, actually, that, you know, you said that he becomes somewhat effective when he's a thief. I thought that he was considerably more effective once he sort of embraced the dark side, if you will, um, than he was. I mean, certainly than he was when he came into the city of thieves and tried to fix it by being pure. Once he embraces it, he's able to effectuate his plan when he was totally impotent before. Yeah, um, no, no doubt about that. And I, I think that that's, yeah, that's true. You can't be, you can't be a good bad guy if you're trying to still be a good guy. I think that's true. Um, yeah and yeah. and uh but you know this one was it, it's pretty i i do like finn's struggle with figuring out what it means to be a hero and and i i sort of appreciate the 
the lesson that I got from the episode, which is that, you know, purity isn't really a, a real thing. There's there's no one who is all good and there's probably no one who is all bad. Uh, and it's not necessarily a lesson about how we all need to, like, get along, but it's more a lesson to me about, you know, sometimes you have to uh, embrace the tactics of the other side if you're going to beat them. Stoop to their level, if you will. Uh, yeah, they go low, we go low. Yes, right. Um, I uh, Let's talk about some of the other pieces of the episode that just stood out to us. For me, uh, the, my, the, the moment I laughed the most at was uh, the stealing of the soap from a horse. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it's, I just thought that was, I don't know why, that's, I thought it was a great gag. It was, it's a horse taking a bath. And he swings in and steals the soap from the horse taking the bath. And the horse just lets out a whinny. It's like a normal horse. It's not like a talking horse or anything. It's just like a normal horse bathing like a human, though. And then it whinnies. Wearing like, a shower cap. Wearing a shower cap. And then it just whinnies like a regular horse. And I think, I don't know, that was that tickled me. Just that, when he got Yeah, there were some, some solid gags. When he got his one. soap token taken from him. Um, yeah, I thought that was good. Um there was one time that made it, that witch made me jump one time. I don't know what it was, but like the witch was making some surprise entrances and it, maybe it's cause I had my phone held too close to my face or something, but I like, <laughs> I jumped for a second, just like, Oh, Holy cow. Um, but, uh, th- that's what stood out for me. Like I said, it, it wasn't my favorite, but certainly there was a couple times where I was, I was appreciative of what they were trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, not my favorite either. Um, it gets a thumbs up from me, but not a, not an enthusiastic two thumbs up or anything like that. So, oh, okay. Uh, cool. Well, it's a, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be maybe harsher than I need to, but I'm going to give it a thumbs down and, uh, okay. but we'll move on. We'll keep going. Yeah. So, uh, then we get to our even numbered episode for today. Episode 14, the witch's garden. Yeah. Uh, the Witch's Garden. So this is, um, I kind of felt like these two episodes. It was, it's nice to talk about them, in the same in the same podcast. Yeah, they work well together. Uh, it, it was nice that they broke. They kind of fell into the same one. This I feel like was a, uh, this was an exploration of, um, of Finn's inner, his, his his what he sees himself as, and and I thought that or sorry Jake I said Finn yeah uh, this is an exploration of how Jake sees himself as opposed to fit how Finn sees himself in the previous episode. Um, but the general plot here is uh, Finn and Jake are, uh, they come across a cool witch's garden, guarded, uh, that is uh, under lock and key, but Jake is able to use his magic to get into the garden, lifts, basically becomes, you know, giant Jake and lifts, lifts Finn over into the garden. And right, and so I think right here we're seeing Finn and Jake uh, behaving like thieves. They don't even think twice about maybe we shouldn't go into someone's locked garden. They just hop right over the wall. Yep, that is true. And uh, they they hop right in and then um, find themselves in a magic garden that is uh, growing donuts on bushes. Uh, kind of a Hansel and Gretel kind of thing, uh, but it's a, it's a garden growing magic sweets. And Jake is... Uh, Jake's immediately tempted and, uh, he... Finn is suspicious, though. Finn is suspicious. Finn thinks perhaps these are poisonous donuts, so Finn, so Jake, Jake decides to try to sniff out the poison if it's there. Um, 
and does a pretty good sight gag of, of some pretty aggressive dog sniffing. But then, and then remembers that he doesn't know what poison smells like in the first place. <laughs> right. Uh, it was a pretty good gag. Um, turns out, though, that the garden is tended by a witch. I thought the witch was really great, as draw- the way the witch was drawn. Just that, like, yeah. she's, like, all hump, which is, like, a, right. su- a super exaggeration of how everyone draws witches with a hump. But this is, like, she's just hump. Which was- yeah, her, her body is more or less the shape of Lady Rainicorns, except she's always bent over like a candy cane yeah. using, a, uh, using a cane to, to yeah. hobble around. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a pretty and good did you, uh Did you recognize the witch's voice? No. Well, who is it? It's our friend Maria Bamford again. Oh, Maria Bamford. Very good, very good. I mean, she... And she... I actually think that this character owes a lot to Maria Bamford. She has some, some very, like... If, if you've watched Maria Bamford's yeah. uh, comedy, there are some very Maria Bamford lines. Like, the, in, the insistence that she's... The repeated insistence that she's not married yeah. um, definitely is something that I could hear Maria Bamford saying in her act. That is true. Uh, now knowing that, there's a few things that click for me. But yeah, definitely, uh, definitely uh, gets a lot. Maria did a great job then uh, with this character. Um, so the witch is, uh, accuses Jake and Finn, though, of stealing her donuts. And Jake uh, categorically denies it. And to be honest, like, we didn't see him steal one. I'm, we're basically on his, I was on his side. Like, yeah, he's, right. being, he's being accused of something he didn't do. But she is very mad about him having taken a donut. Yeah, and and they keep arguing back and forth, and then all of a sudden she says, you're eating one right now. And, and you look at him, and he is, in fact, he's holding a half-eaten donut. And it's kind of unclear, like, did the witch plant it on him with magic, or what? Or did he actually eat it? I, what, what's your opinion here? Do you think that this was a setup, or do you think that Jake actually did eat the donut and he just... Wasn't? No, yeah, I, I think this is like the boots. I think Jake didn't quite realize that he was doing it. And in fact, we actually... Then we get into this 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 episode where we actually see like a physical manifestation of Jake's subconscious, but he blames eating the donut on, the, on his subconscious. And I think that that's... I, I definitely came away with the impression that uh, Jake didn't really realize that he had stolen and started to eat a donut much like he was irresistibly uh drawn to those boots and he ended up stealing those i think he just wanted to eat a donut and so he grabbed one without even thinking about it okay yeah i'll go with that i I was willing to kind of head either direction on that but i I think that makes more sense than like the witch planted on him um so anyway he's uh he's caught red-handed then holding a donut and as punishment the witch takes away jake's magic powers so Jake has is stripped he of of being a magic dog and he becomes he's, a re- he's figuratively and literally stripped. Yeah, he he becomes I was going to say he becomes a regular dog but he doesn't. He becomes a right. dog becomes a dog's head with the ba- with the body of like a man baby with right. and uh, which, I, is, which I find I found it hilarious. Yeah, it's a good sight gag. He's got regular human hands and feet. Just a chubby and he, baby, and he has uh, he has a pair of man boobs, which are funny in, a, in and of themselves. But yeah. then he 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 kind of plays with them. He goes, "What's going on? I used to have like six more of these." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty solid. I liked it a lot. And um, so he, uh, but he's a, he's distraught. He doesn't have his magic anymore. And Finn is equally uh, worried and scared. And they want they immediately want the want her to restore. His magic, and she says, "You know, I'm not going to restore your magic unless you apologize." But at this point, Jake is still uh, 
Jake is still adamant that he shouldn't have to, his, his pride is taking over and he doesn't think he should have to apologize. So yes. the, uh, the, the witch casts them out of the garden. Um, and, and then Finn and Jake have to fend for themselves without Jake's magic is sort of the next part of this episode. Um, and Jake has to come to terms with the fact that he doesn't have magic and their first order of business, they, they certainly want to get his magic back. Um, and that becomes the adventure of the episode. But, and the, 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 the way that they're going to go about it is they make Jake try to remember how he became a magic dog, which was surprising to me as a new person to the show that Jake was not a magic dog to begin with. It's basically told, basically said that he was a regular dog that did something to become magic. And the thing he did apparently was roll in some magic mud. But, um, I kind of think that's a, that's a false memory. I, I don't know for sure that it's like canon that, that what Jake remembers is actually true. I, I wonder if he's actually been magic all along, but you know, he doesn't remember getting his power. So he's invented a memory of how it happened. All right. Okay. Uh, it was, it was a little weird addition to his character. If it is true. Um, (laughs) Right, but um, I will say I will I will add it to my fan theory my 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 uh, my theory that there is a there is a real world that Finn lives in where this land of Ooh is a a fantasy escapism where he brings real people and real characters in from his real world into the fantasy land and perhaps okay. and so perhaps Jake is a uh, a real dog or a a stuffed dog and sort of like Calvin and Hobbes style. Sure. So maybe there's a real dog out there named, named Jake. And, uh, and so they have to invent a way to make him magic because he's not actually magic out in the real world. I'm not sure. Yeah. And I, I also think that it, it kind of goes along with your, with your theory that the, the memory is hazy because I do think that that's sort of a, a characteristic of other people in one's dreams is that, uh, they they're it's difficult at least when i dream to identify with other people everything is very hazy mm-hmm. they're not fully formed beings and so i guess to the extent that finn is you know if this is taking place in finn's own mind he has to invent some sort of backstory for jake and the best he can come up with is sort of this hazy theory about rolling in a mud puddle right so i'll take that i'll own it i'll uh, i'll i'll absorb it into my theory but who knows if that's That'll pan out ever, if, if at all. We'll see. You keep teasing me, and I have no idea if... I don't know if that's just pure you being a, you being a jerk, or if you're actually leading me to, to something real here. We'll uh, see. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so what do we get to? Uh, so they, they basically are now running around to Ooh trying to find the appropriate mud puddle to roll in to get Jake's powers back. Yeah, so they do. So uh, they, so but Jake is completely worthless without his powers yeah can't even run uh yeah he says that i i thought it was really funny when he says i always just thought running was some kind of leg magic Uh (laughs) he he doesn't seem to understand that some things are difficult for people who can't magically stretch into whatever shape they want to take yeah i actually thought the line that finn delivered right before that was also pretty funny 
Uh, Finn says something. I think he says like, "Come on, let's run!" Like an energetic, like an energetic little boy, which he is. Yeah, he's running in circles around Jake and then takes yeah. off. <laughs> which he—that's exactly what he is. He's like run, like not realizing that's what he is, and he just describes like as it's like, like outside of himself. I thought that was a good right. Jake. Um, and uh, but Jake is is not only is he useless, but he starts talking to his own subconscious which is uh sort of appears as a phantom next to him and uh and his subconscious is actively trying to get him to stop working like his if we're going to learn Jake's true self in this in this episode his true self is a is a pretty lazy bum absolutely um or one who's not willing to do and we've we've heard it before he's he doesn't like the hard work he's the one who wanted to hire the businessmen in previous episode to do the work for them he's always looking for shortcuts um well he's basically his to some extent his whole character is a shortcut i mean so many times we've seen yeah finn get into trouble and then jake just sort of comes along with a i think i called it a nick fury plot gun before and stretches into something yep uh and and but he never has to try hard um and all of a sudden now he is in a position where if he's going to be successful he's really going to have to work at it and his mind is actively sabotaging his attempts to do that yeah uh so they that's the and that's going to be the focus of the whole episode is 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 this inner struggle that Jake has um and, right, so he's yeah. he's struggling he's struggling against his self or his subconscious, which is trying to get him to be lazy, and he's also uh, struggling against his pride because at any time he could just go back to the garden and say that he's sorry. Mm-hmm. But uh, neither Finn nor Jake is is really up for that option because they they both are too prideful. So um, I thought that the the you know I, I agree with you that these these two episodes do work together um where we had where we were sort of examining purity and finn's uh belief about himself and and how totally pure he is here we uh, are examining pride and the way that it can get in the way obviously of uh accomplishing what you want yeah yeah we where before we were we see how we, we were seeing a deep dive into how finn saw himself this episode, we're in a deep dive in how Jake sees himself. Yes. Um, so uh, to get to the uh, kind of end of the episode and then talk a little bit more about just how we felt about it, the the end, what ends up happening is they're searching for this magic mud puddle, and they end up coming to a river filled with garbage. Uh, that's never really explained why it's filled with garbage. It just is. Yeah, well, it actually appears to be entirely garbage. Like when <laughs> Finn is swimming in it, but he's basically making swimming strokes as he sort of scoots along the top of all the garbage. And yeah. then when he does dive down, he he looks like he's holding his breath, but he also is just scampering across the garbage. I don't think there's any water in the river whatsoever. Okay. I hadn't noticed that detail, but I kind of like that. Uh, yeah, he kind of mud skippers across the top. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, but they, but who, but there's actually a guardian, I guess we'll call it, of the river. There's a witch. Uh, a, she calls herself a mermaid, I think. Yes, she does. Yeah. Uh, but she's a very garbage mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> it's essentially a giant witch's head on a, on a skeleton. Uh, yes. And she, but is, she thinks she is all that. Yeah. And where we previously have kind of had Finn's sort of bashful little boy feelings about uh, Princess Bubblegum. 
all of a sudden we have this like explicitly sexual character show up uh-huh. in this children's television show. Yeah. Uh, so explicitly sexual that she actually says at one point, so which one of you wants to mate with all of this? Yeah, I have thought to myself, that's a word that I don't know, or that's like a phrase I don't know usually comes up in uh, afternoon cartoons. Yeah, so you had uh, you had talked before about the possibility of Dave watching this show with you, and I honestly was like, Oh man, is he ready to explain what mating is to, <laughs> to Dave? And dodged a bullet. Yeah, I might have to ask you if I'm gonna if I'm gonna bring Dave in. I have this idea uh, that I want to have uh, my three year old, soon to be four year old, watch an episode of this show, and also have my wife watch an episode and compare and contrast who enjoys it more, um, if the, if at all. Right. Because because I do I keep I continually find myself wondering like who is the audience for this show is it yeah is it people our age or is it you know kids younger than us I mean kids in general um, right so anyway yeah I dodged a bullet not letting my four year old watch uh, watch this particular one. Um, yeah, so in any case, yeah. she's a garbage mermaid, so neither Finn nor Jake, not that they would probably want to mate with anybody, but uh, they definitely don't want to mate with this flying garbage mermaid witch. Yeah, I think he says, how do I say in a nice way that you're the most disgusting thing ever? <laughs> <laughs> right, which causes her to flip out. Yeah, uh, and take Jake, uh, Finn, sorry, take Finn in her teeth to a nest filled with eggs, and those eggs are hatching, and there seems to be some hungry bird beasts yeah like in that nest. huge demon birds yeah and so now now finn is in trouble and we come back to jake who is still struggling with whether or not he can even bother to be a hero anymore without his powers but finn his best friend in the world is now in trouble and it's basically up to jake to save him and he's gonna have to do something about that and his first instinct is to ask Finn to help him up into the nest, which I thought was a really funny joke. <laughs> um, but then he quickly realizes he's going to have to go back to the witch and apologize and get his powers back because he knows, he figures out he can't save Jake without his, save Finn without his powers. Yes. So um, I, I think it's very interesting here where uh, we've seen in multiple episodes where Jake is in serious trouble, and so Finn has to figure out what he's going to do. And Finn's answer is always to uh, let his emotions guide him and jump headfirst into something um, and go save Jake physically. Uh, that's not really an option for man boobs, baby body Jake. Right. Um, uh, and so, but he he's in the situation that Finn finds himself in a lot, where it's like, if I don't do something right now, something bad is going to happen to my best friend. And so... Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of just being able to leap into battle as Finn would, Jake realizes that he's going to have to suck it up and go uh, say sorry to uh, the witch. So he does. He goes over back to the ki- back there, tries to squeeze into the ca- into the ca- uh, the garden, but his big tubby man bo- man baby body can't get through the gate. The witch lets him in though, and he tries to apologize, but the witch says uh, apology. Uh, not denied. Apology denied. Not apo- I wanted her to say apology not accepted, but it's apology denied, which is funnier. And yes. uh, he, she, she basically says, uh, "You waited too long. Now you're desperate. It's you're not apologizing because you're actually sorry. You apologize because you need something." Yeah, she's she was insistent that from the very beginning that he apologize and mean it. Yep. So then she says, "Now if she if he's going to uh, actually get 
his powers back. Now he has to apologize and do some random menial tasks. Yeah, he's really going to have to debase himself if he yeah. wants to get his powers back. Right. And uh, so the thing he has to do is uh, she notices that his subconscious happens to be standing next to him. And uh, she says, you're going to have to basically make, she makes them dance together, slow dance together while having flowers shoved in his underpants, I think. Right. It's very humiliating. Yeah. (laughs) While she films it for her newsletter, I think she says. Right, yeah, it's for my newsletter. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, So that's that's hilarious. And then um, somehow, then what's, there's maybe one more trial or one more thing he has to do before he gets it back? Yeah, so it it gets real interesting here where... um, Jake's subconscious shows up again, and then um, Jake's subconscious starts to die because, as as his subconscious explains it, I'm I'm the subconscious of a magic dog. Uh, the the ma- physical anymore. manifestation is is of Jake's prior magical body, uh, and since Jake's no longer a magical dog, the his subconscious is going to die, and his subconscious actually urges him, "You really need to apologize and mean it." Yep. And, but then his, his his subconscious does appear to die, right. and and then Jake, that's the straw that breaks that back, I suppose, and Jake does then finally apologize and mean it. Yes. And then the witch restores him to his magic self, and then uh, Jake immediately <laughs> snatches the cane from the witch using yeah, his magic powers. Yeah, just double crosses her the second that he gets his powers back. Yep. And flies off with his once, his now revived subconscious. And she even asks, "You mean you didn't even you didn't learn any lesson?" And he just says, "Nope," and flies yeah, off. Yeah, no, Jake. Jake is not one for lessons. I don't think. Yeah. So he's got his magic powers back. He flies away from the witch. Immediately goes and saves Finn from the uh, the witch mermaid and her brood. And uh, that's essentially the end of the episode. And I, what's the final? Tag on that. It's a, I can't remember. They 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 both neither of them learn a lesson in this in this. Uh, yeah. Episode. No. I yeah. Jake goes and rescues him, and and that's pretty much it. It's, yeah. Uh, day is saved. Um, Jake has his powers back. He <laughs> does not appear to have learned his lesson. He he does not appear to uh, understand how to be sorry. Uh, but he did have to confront his pride uh, in the episode. So maybe he learned something. We, we'll see. We shall we shall see. I I don't know what what do you think of this episode? I liked it better than City of Thieves. Um it's not in my top 10 or anything, but I I liked this one. Um I thought that I I like you really enjoyed the witch character. Mm-hmm. Um I I thought that uh she was very very funny. Uh and it I really got a kick out of fat man baby body Jake. I just thought that was funny in the way that he you know he just ends up basically lying down because at one point he says i'm feeling kind of chubby tired yeah oh man so without his powers he's he's totally out of shape and worthless yeah uh and i i just really found that funny and and the way that he uh then has to struggle with um being lazy uh but also being too proud to just walk back and say that he's sorry, which is really the sort of the lazy way out of this. Mm-hmm. And Finn, of course, wants to take the adventurer's way out, but Jake isn't really sold on any solution until he's forced to confront the fact that he can't go along with the uh, 
go on an adventure solution. He's he he's going to have to just go back with his no longer extant tail between his legs. Right. Um, I would say I call I I give this episode a resounding meh. Uh, it was I so I I didn't really like how the episode didn't like do anything for me just like in terms of pacing or or just like moving along. But there were plenty of good gags in this one. Uh, yes. So you know positive points there. Does not it didn't do anything for me in terms of like making me enjoy the show as a whole more. But sure. I th- but I think. Uh, but yeah, definitely some good gags. I really liked the witch and her sort of, uh, I guess, like bipolar relationship with almost everything in her life. Uh, every like her love, her love turns immediately into hate with everything that she touched. Um, even, like all of her plants, she she was talking to them, like trying to grow them, and oh, you're so great! I, you're, I love you and I hate you. Like just kept flipping back and forth. I thought that was some good gags. I also really yeah, liked... and I also enjoyed her uh, yelling at the donut that she finds out is a bagel. <laughs> yeah, and additionally, she turn she she uses her magic on the bagel and turns it into a bagel with a the same fleshy man baby body that she gave Jake. Like that's her move. Yes. I thought that was funny that like that's her punishment move is to give you a, a fleshy man baby body. Right. Um. Yeah, I thought so. There was plenty of sight gags to be had in here. I I thought those were all all good. Um. So. I won't. I won't say I disliked it, but I also won't say that I I loved it either. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, I I don't. I didn't love either one of these episodes myself. Yeah. Uh, but as a pair, kind of kind of a nice pair of bookends on this particular in this particular podcast episode. Yeah. Yeah. I I do think that the the even if they don't learn their lessons, the self examination that both Finn and Jake have to do, whether it's um pride over one's purity or uh pride over not wanting to say that you're sorry they both kind of have to confront the fact that they're not going to be able to uh they have to they have to kind of debase themselves to some extent finn has to realize that he's not totally pure and jake has to suck it up and go say he's sorry and eventually get to the point where he actually means it or at least acts like he does yeah i i I, i'm not sure whether he um meant it when he said it and then just changed his mind as soon as he got his powers back or whether he was putting on a ruse the entire time. I, I got the impression that, uh, you know, after the way that he had to debase himself and the way that he held out for so long, I do think that he actually meant it. But, you know. Eh, I would say I think the only true emotion that Jake showed in this episode and one of the only true emotions either character ever shows, uh, Finn or Jake shows, is that they are utterly devoted to each other. I think that, sure. I think that he, in in the name of saving Finn... That would have said anything to get his powers back, but I don't know that. Yeah, like, did he believe that he was actually truly sorry? Sorry, maybe a little, but also maybe just a little of like, I'll say whatever I need to to save my friend. Yeah, and and that's still surrendering a lot of pride, though. Just saying whatever you have to, and and even if he that's uh, true. Uh, okay, even yeah, if I'll his fingers were crossed behind his back, you know, he he at least came off as meaning it, and and that in a in and of itself is is somewhat. Uh, humiliating or um you know it's 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 uh it's 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 really hard for him whether he whether yeah. he means it or not it it does take a lot before he can even fake saying it yeah i'll give you that he either he's either a psychopath who knows just how to how to manipulate people by saying what they need to hear or he really did have some emotion there and he did really lose some lose some pride 
Uh, right. I, I don't think he's a psychopath, so I think you're probably right. It's the, it's the <laughs> yeah. The only sociopath that we've met so far is Ice King. Right. Right. Um, and maybe Ricardio, uh, but he's basically the Ice King anyway. So right. Um, so in in all, uh, a couple of okay episodes. Um, you know, I give him. Yeah, I'm with you. And uh, there there were not there were not any meaningful uh, recurring characters who whom we met in these episodes. And I don't think that it's a that it's a coincidence that. Th- the episodes where Finn and Jake don't have meaningful interactions with other characters are some of the ones that, that we don't feel strongly about. I think that characters like Marceline, the vampire queen and princess bubblegum add a whole lot to the show. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so I'll say I have not, I've not, I I would say I've mm, maybe regressed, but I'm sure. I I think it it sounds like he kind of came, came, came down to earth a little bit here yeah i so i don't know that i can i can fully say that i was like i'm moving along with the same momentum i have in the previous 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 episodes i'm gonna say that i i I moved backwards on my scale of of yeah hating it to loving it here um that's fair i don't know that i you know so uh so adventure time's got some work to do they got to make make up some ground with me here uh but uh i do know that i have liked episodes in the past so that's not out of the question and we will, uh, we shall see what comes next in episodes. Uh, what are we do in fifteen and sixteen? Yes, fifteen and sixteen next many, time. We are uh, we're making some progress are, on the old show here. Yeah, how many episodes are in the first season? Where are we there? Uh, there are, I believe, twenty six. Yes, there oh. are twenty six episodes in the oh. first season. All right, so we're over halfway. Yes. Okay. Well, maybe we're at the mid season lull. Maybe that's what we hit here. And yeah, we'll, that uh, could be. We'll ramp I'm, up. Uh, I'm looking we'll at a list the of the episodes, and I, I know 16 is good. Um, I'll oh, go okay. ahead and, and spoil it a little bit. I like 16. Okay. Um, 15 isn't ringing a bell right now, but anyway, we uh, we'll we'll see what that's like. We'll have a chance to to watch those. You'll you'll watch them once on your phone, and I'll watch them obsessively and take lots of notes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Number you know viewing forty nine and fifty. Yeah. And episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. I hope you enjoy uh, your ninetieth viewing of this episode. Yes, number one twenty is usually my favorite. Oh yeah. Does it, it does it is there like a a weird lull where they all where it gets really numb for you, and then all of a sudden it gets exciting again. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, well, I wish you the best in, 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 in pushing through the, the numbness and getting to the exciting part. Uh, but I will look forward to watching the next episodes. If anyone is watching along with us uh, or watching along with me, I hope you enjoy your next two episodes as well. But in, in, any, in any event, I, uh, I hope you all enjoy and join us for the next episode of Podventure Time. Yeah, until then, I've been Pat. And I've been Ben. And uh, this has been Podventure Time. I'm lazy but prideful. Mm-hmm.